Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. (laughs) What's up, kids? Today, our episode is an interview with Beth Katarba. We love our boss, bitch, women. Hell yeah. On this podcast, she is the COO of one of the world's largest dispensary chains. Don't know if you've heard of them. Little uh, operation called Native Roots. Native Roots Dispo. Is that a big deal? Anyway. (laughs) Some people don't like large chains, but she is a boss. So we wanted to talk to Beth about sustainability. It's a huge impact, especially when you're the one of the largest dispensary chains in the world. You're going to have a huge impact on sustainability. So we grilled Beth. We went to town on regulations that are put onto businesses that make it hard to be sustainable. Recycling and reuse of packaging. Yep. Very important. Everyone should be doing that. Um, data, alternative energy, farming, cultivation practices. Yep. Even just energy usage with things like lighting and water supply for large-scale indoor grow-ups. Kind of yeah. cool. And she was really honest about what makes it hard in the industry and the fact that essentially they're they're trying the best they can, but there's a lot of headway that needs to be made. Yeah. So... We dove deep on all the issues in the industry. I think it's really interesting and something that we should all know. We also looked into, you know, just how to be a a more conscious consumer and how to demand the industry become a better place, like how to tell your bud tender and tell your business owners and say, you know, I actually do care about this. Yeah. And that's one thing that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that you, the consumer, have the ability to vote with your dollar. It's nice to hear that confirmed by somebody in a high level C level executive position say that you know if if they see demand for something or their consumers start to demand something it sounds like they're able to listen to that and make it happen so it's very cool to get confirmation for that from the top level of these organizations so can't say it enough we're going to say it again vote with your dollar vote with your dollar dear dollar vote with your dollar dear dollar vote with your dollar dear dollar Vote with your dollar. Dear dollar. 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 But we're here at Native Roots today with Beth Katarba. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce yeah. that? Okay, awesome. Well Just done. Perfect. Yeah, I'm getting good at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to talk about sustainability in the cannabis industry today. 
because it's a really important issue and there's a lot of big questions that I personally am confused on and I'd like to clear some of those up. Um, so one of the first things that comes to mind when I think about sustainability that I'm curious about is sort of the legal realm. So all the regulations that are put on companies and how that complicates things for companies that would want to be sustainable, but then all of a sudden maybe can't, can't in certain yeah. ways. Yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes because um, we do operate in a highly, highly regulated uh, business for good reason. Um, typically the, the driving factors there are public safety and then um, diversion, you know, product being tracked and knowing that it's staying within the legal system. And how that manifests itself uh, in sustainability in a big way is just packaging and labeling and the amount of paper that is generated from, from those requirements. So in our packaging, we're required to have a, a whole host of information about the product, the flour, the pesticides, what, you, what you've used. And it gets very large and therefore your packaging starts to get large as well. And we've tried to get creative in how to do that. And it's a challenge because you want your packaging to look nice. You want it to be small. You want it to be appealing to your customers, but it's a small product. You know, if you're doing concentrates, it's a little, you know, a little container yeah. that's big. So what it does is it creates more packaging. I think more packaging than is probably needed that then you throw away. So from just a waste perspective, that's one of the, the things that's, that's difficult to meet the requirements, but also then you generate. Um, the other one that is the diversion related is you have to have physical paper manifests every time you move product. And in our space, we even have to have paper copies when we move it from our grow to our MIP, where we do uh, the, the processing and you need two copies. One gets signed by each party. It has to come back. We keep them for like three years and it's paper and it has to be paper. So the rules that are there for really good reason create a lot of waste is what I would say in the, in the sustainability area. Um, as far as like in cultivation and things like that, disposing of our waste. So we create a lot of waste just from the plants themselves. And the rules are that it has to be unusable and unrecognizable. So whereas you might want to, it's the rules are changing. And I will say Colorado is very receptive to rule changes that improve this. Um, but it makes it really hard to take that waste and use it for something else because it could have THC in it. It has to be completely, you know, yeah, so that someone can't come up to your garbage and pu pull out, you know, product that might be usable. Um, so in, in being safe that way, it just creates a lot of, it does create a lot of waste, like, you know, waste management, and you have to have it picked up in a uh, legal way, disposed of in a legal way. Um, so those regulations also cause a lot of cost in the business. And I think that makes it really hard for companies to try to be sustainable and also be cost effective. Definitely. We ran into that um, or learned that at Alpenstash where we toured the other day. And they have to weigh every single little leaf and stem that comes off of their products and then they have to macerate it essentially. And yeah. It's, it's just insane. And you mentioned the packaging. I wanted to ask a question about the labeling. Uh-huh. 
about QR codes. Okay. And maybe the legality behind that, instead of having all these, this labeling, would it be possible to just have a QR code that pulls up all that information? Possible, yes. Not legal, not in compliance yet. They're very, and our labels are very uh, regulated down to the font of the, oh, wow. the, the print that you have to have on your label. And literally, when we buy third-party product to put in our stores, our compliance group will literally take out their little and, and we'll make sure that that label is um, compliant. And there's lots of labeling. So it has to be labeled when it leaves our facility. It has to be received into the store and it has to have a, a label on it when it goes with the customer. So there's like all these multiple layers of labeling. And again, good intention, but a lot of waste. So the QR code, is totally doable. Um, it would take technology to get it on there. But right now, because it all has to physically be on the label. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not yet. And you could do it, you could do it like as extra. Mm-hmm. But again, your real estate on some of the, the packaging is pretty s- small. So. Yeah. Are there any murmurings on the government level of using QR codes? Because I know it's a big thing in California right now. People are, are they, are they implementing that? Yeah. Ah. But in Colorado, is there any discussion? Not that I've heard. We're looking at some of it internally for for our own use because we think Mm -hmm. we could get information about our product out there. Oh, there you go. Um, There are some. um, Well, it's it doesn't affect the labeling, but there's also some you know smart vape devices that have some intelligence now where you can load that information in there about what's in you know what strain it is. Music list to listen to, all, all sorts of really cool stuff. The best playlist to listen um, to when you smoke this vape. Yeah, but uh, but the um, Colorado is pretty open to that, and every year we have a rulemaking uh, season, if you will, where we can weigh in as companies mm-hmm. on on changes. And so I think those are the types of things that that we can introduce. Yeah. Uh, just this year, to give you an idea of how things roll through, just this year. Uh, starting in 2020, we are able to re-collect uh, DRAMS containers in oh. our store for recycling. So up until now, we weren't even allowed to have customers bring those containers back in for collection purposes. Yeah, that was going to be so, one of my questions, was um, recycling and then I also reuse. Mm-hmm. So are those just going to a recycling facility, or is there any possibility of reusing the same? We have just been working, our sustainability committee has been investigating. There's a company here in Colorado, I think it's called Green Green for Green. And they will actually take your containers, clean them, relabel them, and then basically sell them back back to you. That's awesome. So we've been looking into it. Um, it. It can become cost prohibitive sometimes that that is really the the challenge of these great programs but then staying cost competitive um, and adding cost in because then there's pickup and but yes people are thinking about that which i think is really good because i i would even you know love to be able to say we'll bring your container back in and we'll refill it back up yeah Yeah. and use a glass container yeah yeah um and the other the other thing back to the regulations when you said glass it reminded me um because it's a new industry there's not a lot of unique packaging out there 
And we have two, I think, things that drive it to be difficult, child resistant, and it has to be opaque. So any of our packaging has to be child resistant. So more and more companies are getting good packaging that's sustainable and is child resistant. But at first, you know, you're just trying to find anything you can fit it in that yeah. is child resistant. And sometimes what that meant is not only would you have your container, like our, um, we have a, a product called Shorties, and they're mm -hmm. in a, they're just little mini shorties. Shorties, yes. <laughs> they're the perfect amount. Um, and there was a cute little, you know, cardboard container, but it wasn't child childproof. So we had to then put it in a childproof exit bag. So that just adds one more layer, you know, of it's tricky of waste. Yeah. Last um, question on this subject, but just one that I have to ask, and I think it goes into the cost prohibitive, mm -hmm. um, is hemp packaging. Yeah. I mean, I just it makes sense, right? Why wouldn't we see more of that? It's cost. It well cost some and just availability. Mm. You know, it's, it's, uh, you have to have vendors out there that will make it, make it child resistant. And then, you know, and I think as more of our ancillary vendors, you know, uh, start doing that, we, we would definitely use them. I think we actually just went to a, a paper bag with hemp um, handles mm. on it in our store. So we look for those kinds of things, our t-shirts, not that that has to do with Total sustainability, but you know our T-shirts have some hemp T-shirts, so yeah. we try to we try to promote that in Step our in, the right direction. in our yeah cool. like in our stores. Um, so moving on to something a little more techy, uh, data. Okay. So is there a lack of data supporting sustainability in the industry just because of how new it is, or because of regulations, things like that? Yeah, there's, um, it's, it's kind of tricky because it's not federally legal, so it's difficult to get a good collaboration, you know, of, of data and studies. It's out there. It's getting, it's getting better. Um, I think sometimes there's a hesitation for cannabis companies sometimes to want to share some of that data, not sure quite how it might be used. Um, honestly, you know, there's um, always people out there that maybe are more or less supportive of the industry. Uh, we, we personally at Native Roots, I'm all for any, you know, studies. We get approached for studies. We just did one with the Colorado Department of Health, um, what was the Health and Environment. And they approached us and they were studying in Denver, you know, the ozone levels get, uh, I don't know if you hear that much on the, on the news, but sometimes our ozone levels get elevated. And in Denver in particular, out in the warehouse area, there's a lot of grows. And so they were interested to know, well, how are cannabis cultivation facilities contributing to that? And is there anything that we can suggest you do to, to uh, help with that, especially when the ozone layer levels get really high because it's a public you know, health thing. Mm -hmm. So they approached us to do a study because we're one of the larger grows. And, um, and so we did. And those are the types of things that I will always try to do because I just think we need to contribute, right? Because it is a real, we are using a lot of energy and water and sustainability is a real thing. So we participated in that study and they came and they, they checked our output through our air filters. And really what they found is we use really highly sophisticated carbon filters and things and our levels were, were you know, yeah, we're fine. So they found, from, but they were going to do that with a number of grows. And so that kind of data is available. Yeah. It's out there. It's publicly available. So more and more people are looking at that. And with the influx of all of the 
facilities out there. They're noticing it. Electricity. There's there's studies on that. You'll see public, you know, Excel. They'll publish reports on it's going up, obviously, from the use. Um, but there's also companies that will come out and they'll do studies for you. And so we had an energy company come out and they were convinced that they were going to help us save, you know, all of this energy, which is great. So it's like, come yeah. on in, help us yes. out. They did a six month study on our electrical panels and they literally came back and were like, oh, you're, you know, you're max, you're doing great. It's, mm -hmm. but typically they, they help. So I guess, you know, we're, we're lucky. We have some resources like that available to us. And, and we had that as sustainability in mind when we built our facility. But other smaller, you know, grows may not have that. So there are resources available to have them come in and do that stuff to help. Nice. Um, um, just out of curiosity, do you guys use any alternative energy systems like solar or wind? Like no, we don't no. have any. No. Is, that, is that due to regulatory or cost or just the way it is? I think it's of? more the facilities <clears throat> themselves. Oh, got it. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. the, um, a lot of the grows in Denver, and this is a little bit of my own just kind of personal opinion but mm -hmm. you know they bought warehouses and they retrofit a lot of buildings to yeah. be grows and so they weren't necessarily built with some of that in mind yeah, yeah. it's almost um, like the existing infrastructure work. yeah makes but you know green greenhouses are really yeah. like you can make use of the sun that's <laughs> that's huge and when and a lot of townships don't allow don't grant cultivation licenses mm -hmm. so i think that's why there was a you know a flux in denver but as we grow, I went um, this summer, we went up and looked at some greenhouses they were building in parachute. Okay. And when you start getting in that, I mean, that's really where you can, you use the sun. Mm -hmm. They had very sustainable, like heating and cooling. So I think that that is probably where things are headed in the future for, right. for very large grows. And then there's outdoor grows. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So you, that would be the cultivation method, essentially, with the smallest carbon footprint. Is just out for sure. Number one, and then number two would be greenhouses. Greenhouses, sun. yeah, yeah, and then um, other cultivation methods or, or just things related to farming that would be the lowest possible footprints. People with do you think water or <laughs> things of that nature? Yeah. So water and electricity are are probably two biggest uses. So um, for electricity, your lights, your mm -hmm. lights are driving all of that energy consumption. So LED lights are making a lot of, they're making a lot of inroads in making LED lights that are actually really good for growing. Um, it's a newer technology. And so it takes some time to, to do it and it's more mm -hmm. expensive. Uh, but the, the payoff is it is extremely energy efficient. So we, and I, I have to look at this to give you the exact numbers. So we are replacing all of our T5 fixtures in our bedrooms. So these are where our plants are smaller and they're growing on, on tiers. And the lights are really nice there because they're close to the plants and you don't quite need the, the light that's coming off of the bulbs. We replaced uh, 1,500 fixtures in our facility. We're in the process of doing that. Um, it should reduce the use of electricity in those fixtures 60% oh, from wow. a regular light. So nice. that's pretty significant. <clears throat> and um, it's over a savings of over 1 million kilowatt hours. Wow. So that's like megawatts. That's yeah, like yeah. massive, you know, electrical like small cities amount of electricity savings. For real. So as we go to that, 
you'll start seeing, you know, less electrical use as more people are able to go with those LED lights. It is. I would say that's one of the biggest areas. Um, Right now, it's kind of for us, it's working in our our veg space, Mm -hmm. in our bloom space where you need those lights. We are finding, we haven't found one yet that's working great. Um, Doesn't put off as much heat. And we need that heat for the plants. And our building is actually designed to use that heat and then we cool it. It's more energy efficient for us to do it that way. Um, but I think, I think that's one big way. And they last longer. So a normal bloom lights we'll replace them once a year. These lights are good for five years. So that's even that's less waste, right? Yeah, yeah. So the long-term savings, the business case, the payoff is, is there. It's yeah. just a little bit of an... A lot bit of a yeah. <laughs> of an upfront yeah. investment, but but well worth it from a business perspective. Yeah, Which yeah. is tricky if you're a small grow or just you know it is anything of that nature. But hopefully, if more and more people start using them, the price can go down. Things like that. Yeah. And nice. as and as they get more, you know, more of them out there in the market, it'll get more. Yeah. Affordable. And actually, some of the the rules and laws they're starting to dictate somewhat what lights you can and can't use. Oh, wow. So as we're looking at new fixtures and bulbs, there are some like building, you know, uh, requirements that the city will probably in their permitting, they'll mm-hmm. start to look at what your electrical outlets and power sources are for that. And then in some of the other states, actually, as we've applied for licenses, they already have some of those, you oh, know, they, they will start dictating. Now as new mm-hmm. grows are being made, they can dictate what you can put in to help and with that. And they learned from... Yeah. Colorado, essentially, or maybe California and Oregon. But yeah, I was going to ask about just codes that, you know, of course, a business wants to do the best they can, generally speaking. Some do, some don't. Right, right. But then, you know, you get all these codes slapped on you. So then you have that to worry about as well. So interesting. And I guess moving from the grow into just the business side of things, you know, you run a dispensary best business practices in general for sustainability in the dispensaries themselves yeah or just um well again it gets a little bit back to the packaging but just putting packaging in there that people can re recycle and encouraging like we will encourage people to bring their bags back in and they get a little credit or something for that or reuse your bags um, the building systems and, you know, we try to keep our buildings up to snuff too, just to keep them running smoothly and energy efficiency. Is, is but, lead certification, sorry, just to be there on yep. that, because I know lead certification is wild, like sustainable. Do you see that permeating through the industry at all? Or is it just, it's kind of one of those targets that you, you can address? Yeah, well, our um, our facilities team is all leads. They all have leads oh, certifications. Nice. Yeah, and I will say, you know, a plug for we have an amazing facilities team. And as it, your facilities crew is so critical to the efficient running of your business, not only from a cost perspective, but just the sustainability mm-hmm. things. And our team, I mean, they they know their stuff. They're engineers, and you're running these massive building systems, coolers and chiller plants yeah, and yeah. HVAC and you know our um our engineer has found a number of things that he's been able to do one of them with the um how the, the chiller plant goes through and he found a way to get the right mix of chemicals that go through there that reduces water waste 
because we use a lot of water. We didn't really talk about that, but obviously water uses is huge, but you can control that with your irrigation systems. Um, we were budgeted this year to put in a new irrigation system that will water a lot in less amounts. So the plant gets just what it needs and not too much, less water waste, you You know, less runoff, you get, you know, any of the residual that's, that's coming off in the plants. So irrigation systems are huge for that. Um, and then we use RO water, reverse osmosis. And it's kind of a best practice that, you know, it purifies the water. And then you, when you put your nutrients back in, you know exactly what the plants are getting. We're actually, look, but it is a huge use of water. You just use, you know, big reservoirs of water. So what that's a, one of the things the sustainability team came up with was, hey, what could we go to just city water? You know, we're, and we have the ability, we could test it and know what's in there. So those are kind of some things yeah. on the... It's interesting to think about the waterfront that we try to do. Yeah, as a consumer, you know, you're just like, "Yay, weed! This is so fun, right?" <laughs> but to think about, <laughs> yay, weed! <laughs> and to think about the actual growing process. I mean, we're we're always trying to dig into every detail, of course. But how much water and electricity, and you know, as well as from the consumer side thinking about, okay, save all of your packaging and bring it back Mm -hmm. and recycle it. Um, I guess from a consumer side, what other approaches or tips would you have to be a conscious consumer? Mm. Probably a lot of the same ones in regular, any consumer packaged good type thing. I'm trying to think specific to buying flour or any of the others. I think, you know, asking, just asking the, the folks in the stores, how, you know, the grow practices are, shop in places where you feel comfortable that they're doing their part. Look at the packaging that's in there. Yeah, I mean, we're always trying to encourage people to do their research and ask, where is this from and how is this done? But, you know, I, maybe I'm pessimistic, but I don't <laughs> think most people are doing that. Right. I think they're going in and they're like, what's the best thing for a headache? Yeah. Not what's the most sustainably grown weed out there. Um, And so I guess maybe there's ways as a business to put that out there more, ways that just aren't really happening yet. And I love the QR code. I never use QR codes ever. Yeah, But I love the idea of being able to scan something and say, okay, here's how it was grown. Here's, you know, the business practices. Here's who you're supporting in general. Maybe there's something like that. Yeah. Well, I think we too, through our, we have a lot of restrictions on the advertising mm-hmm. and, and, and where we can advertise and such, <laughs> but we can use social media. And I think that's an avenue for us to talk about our practices. I know when we launched our new, we went to new containers um, that are 100% recyclable. Some, because some containers, not all the pieces of it are recyclable. Yeah. That's a pain. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> yep, and um, and then these are also they break down sustainably in, in a landfill. They're made of a material that they've tested that it'll, it will break down over time. Now, not you know totally overnight, but better than mm-hmm. a lot of the other. And we did run a big campaign at that time to kind of say, hey, we've got these. You know, we try to play it yeah. up to our customers so that they know um, we're talking about getting more. And again, until recently, we couldn't collect. Yeah. them so now it's like well why don't we get some receptacles in the stores so we can 
you know, put make our customers a little bit more knowledgeable about the need Actually, just to do that. Yeah, for the first time, I just saw another. They're like, "Give us your computer." Yeah, yeah. Like, Finally, oh. starting to pop up, and that's just the learning curve, right? Yeah. Of a green, of a yeah. new industry. I mean, you're just gonna have a bumpy road, and you have to start getting people to care, which is hard when it's so exciting at first. Just yeah. to have a legal product mm-hmm. that has been illegal for so long. To, to build on that, do you guys have any sort of um, like database resource that people go to specifically for native root product about grow things like that or our website, website? would probably yeah. be okay. the best. We have all of our products out there, and there's they try to put you know stories about. Yeah about different things on there. Going sit down that same route of being a conscious consumer and and knowing what you're getting essentially. Obviously you guys are doing a lot to sustainability. Are there other companies that you would say are are leading the way or setting a good example as well? Um yeah, there's a lot of um I have names of them out there I think that are trying to do that there's there is a certification out there um around uh, it's called green green certification legal is one of the dispensaries here that is one of the only ones that are certified in that and that's it's a certification out of California but it's like you know you're growing green it has something to do with like organic and that kind of thing yeah that's exactly what it is clean green um and I don't know, there's, you know, like uh, Calyx is our container company. So they mm-hmm. purposefully, you know, went after the more sustainable plastic and products to keep it fresh, but yet be good for the environment. Um, there's some work going on with using uh, from breweries, the, offset, oh. the carbon di- the carbon that I we get. They're that. offsetting. There was just a, an article in the... Yeah, so they're they're taking that and then reusing it. And in fact, when I heard that, and I didn't get to get the detail on this, but I understand that our we have a small grow in Denver. We have two grow facilities, and they're using some of that CO two that's coming from. So that's a that's a really you know interesting way to use the waste from one yeah industry yeah into into another. I'm trying to think of any products or edibles I've bought recently that I've been like impressed by the packaging but mostly I'm always like I feel bad about this there's a lot <laughs> of packs I know yeah. and, and it's interesting our uh, our team is getting really sensitive to that and we just recently we have a product and they wanted a one of the clear wrappers you know around mm-hmm. at the shrink and yeah. so that when they took it off the sticker all the stickering that you do that you could see the can the tin mm-hmm. better and it was funny our team was like oh that's just more like ways to put out there so i think a lot of it's just thinking about it Mm -hmm. and when you're designing your products you know being intentional about we don't want to have all that that layering and maybe also as consumers if if we just keep pushing for it and asking for it and saying like i'll spend a little bit more because i personally would spend a little bit more for a product that comes in a hemp package yeah Yeah. so it's a luxury good yeah, and, and maybe, you know, getting a little side. into the politics of it, contacting your representatives and saying we care about this in the yeah, cannabis yeah, yeah. world. I mean, I think and a just, lot of it. And simply just telling your, your butt tenders and the people, you know, as consumers, I was thinking that when you were talking earlier, it's like if consumers have ideas, they should tell, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. we have 
numbers to call or, you know, send an email or tell your bud tender, like, hey, I saw this in another store. This is a really good idea. I mean, sharing those ideas or even that they're willing to pay, you know, yeah, yeah. pay yeah. a little bit more for it. Yeah, I mean, I, never I personally am. And I think a lot of people would be, a lot of people really care. Um, maybe not everybody. Not everybody. But, but And also, I mean, the education point, I think every business from the business side should be educating consumers as well. I think that's probably hard when you're like, I know we're selling this plastic container, but <laughs> you should care. Yeah. But, you know, education and, and all that. So. Yeah. Well, do you have more questions? No, I think we kind of covered all of the, all of the topics. That I, oh, I did have, I thought of this when we were talking about um, weird building codes and regulations and things of the like. Is there anything in particular that you've come across that, and this is just for almost comedic or entertainment's sake, that you just like looked at it and you're like, this, what is this? Like, one of those codes you read where you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Because I just want to know, I imagine there's got to be something out there, and I realize you're not a lawyer or, like, part of the legal team, like, dying. The left there, field but... questions, they always come from this yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> um, I'm here to derail the train all the time. <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of those, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, like, specific to sustainability, but a lot of times, to being just efficient in your process yeah. and... And honestly, I think for me, a lot of them are around the the track, the detailed tracking mm -hmm. of the the plant from you know seed to sale, as they say, yeah. and the amount of paperwork that it creates yeah. to do it. Um, again, for good for good purpose of mm -hmm. making sure it's tracked and it doesn't get out there. But I think sometimes the reality of it, it doesn't like really make. A, yeah. big, a big difference. And I'm trying to think of one, in, like one in particular yeah, yeah. that. So you'll really, think of one in like a week. It is really like, crazy, <laughs> but um, like I came across one. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Interesting. Well, in a perfect world, then what would you like to see happen in the next one, five or ten years in the industry? Mm. I. <laughs> Tricky. I, I honestly, a, a relaxing of some of the regulations to be more in line with, you know, you look at at alcohol, which is, you know, it it is there's an age limit on it and things like that, and it doesn't, it is highly regulated as well, but it doesn't have quite the limitations on it for like advertising and you know, how you, how you send things out to a store. They don't have childproof containers. They don't have childproof containers. And like a baby could get its hand on some blood and nothing yeah. would be wrong there, but a bottle of vodka, that could go wrong. wrong Even way. pharmaceuticals, <laughs> if you think about it. There's, right. you know, some, some of them do, some of them, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like to see just, you know, looking at the rules to make it a little less onerous Yeah. Yeah. to, to do our business. I think as we get more, uh, you know, towns and cities that are open to having cultivation, you know, getting more cultivation outside of the city, I think would actually be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. there, there's a, you know, a lot in Denver, but if you can go out and have more land, we, I got to go up to Canada and see 
there, some cultivation facilities up there when we were getting ready to open our stores up there. And it just was amazing. They were out, you know, more in farmland, I would say. And they were greenhouses, but they just had the space to do the stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes you be a little bit more uh, efficient. And you can do things like, you know, even talk about the, the waste, the green waste. There are companies that will take haul it away for you mm-hmm. and like because you, you could use it to make things or they'll destroy it for you but for us we produce hundreds of pounds of waste you know almost every day so it's very difficult for us it's like the cost of hauling that mm-hmm. away we looked into it and it was just you know prohibitive but if we were outside we had a lot of space you could collect it better you could keep it better mm-hmm. uh, so I like the thought of eventually getting to a point where you destroy it Use it for something else. You know, it's not unlike up. It's it's not unlike hemp in a lot of ways, no, except yeah. that it does have you know it's going to have more of a, a THC content, and so mm-hmm. you have to be careful. But maybe even just like repurposing it into biomatter for soil, you know, like outside of a consumer good, like composted or something, yeah. right? Like not letting it get outside of the cycle of native roots. For some, yeah, for example, if you could grind that up, and I know there's like force induction composting that's that process up, and then you could have out of your body yeah. and then you don't have to ship it over or wherever exactly in the backyard one day <laughs> and there are some cultivation facilities i think they're probably smaller we're mm-hmm. on such a big scale yeah. that it makes it dif- difficult sometimes to do these but they will use living soil and they they just continue to just add to the yeah. the soil and and replace it mm-hmm. so like but, that but there's a lot and i think as more uh vendors like for example we are are changing from pots using plastic pots with soil mm-hmm. into cubes yeah. and the cube will allow us to grow the plant throughout the life so what that does is it reduces our use of soil it uh reduces the, the pot you know we get rid of the pots when you typically you up plant from when they're small and then mm-hmm. you put them in a larger pot it gets rid of that that waste it takes the watering is better. It uptakes that. But we worked with our soil vendor in developing a cube that would work. Oh, nice. So my and then at first it was like, well, we can't we can't sell you as many cubes as you need because we just go through thousands of these things. Yeah, yeah. But as vendors get more sustainable products, introduce them into our space, we will have more options. You know, so that's yeah. where I would like to see it, it go is people outside of just growing the cannabis can be very impact, impactful on, on those practices by creating products that we can use to grow our, our product. That yeah, makes sense. almost like those secondary and tertiary yeah. that need to kind of catch up yeah. in a way. But again, yeah, new industry. Green, so. Exactly. But it sounds like, I think at least most people are aware of the problems and that there are active solutions in the process. It's just not quite there yet yeah maybe in five i mean there'll probably always be issues as in any industry well it's like you were talking about i think it will get there though you know it's a combination of of exogenous variables for different vendors as well as regulatory issues and there's probably just a massive barrier to entry there in its current iteration obviously you know i think people are working always to get better but it's tricky (laughs) <laughs> there are forums, you know, there's, there are cannabis sustainability groups that people participate in. And I think we just have to keep 
sharing ideas and mm -hmm. you know you can do things on a really small scale too you know we yeah. use uh, cloth suits you know in the grow you have to we make people suit up to go in there to keep any pathogens out well we use cloth ones and we wash and reuse those rather than I mean, we go through thousands of yeah. paper ones um, we just bought a bunch of we got rid of our paperware and our cups and so we have dishes that, you know i mean yeah, it's just yeah. stuff like that too yeah, little, little things, things that just kind of drive that culture of trying to be sustainable and and then it grows and then people have big ideas and yeah. but i think the electric's going to be one of the you know that the lighting yeah will be will be a big sounds, one yeah that sounds awesome that you guys want that route or that, that it, even the technology exists and it'll get better it will get like better everything else too you know and it sounds like in five years yeah. There might be something else that comes along completely different. Like, oh, you'd be able to save another million kilowatts yeah. of energy or whatever it might be. So hopefully. Definitely. Well, and those companies, too, are, are collecting their data, to your data question. Mm -hmm. So the more data, the more visible it gets. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, can, Beth, we can use that data. Thank you so much oh, for well, doing thank you. this with us. Oh. If there's anything else right here, too, that we forgot or that you want to add, I was going to say, before we, be... before we cut you off, anything you want to add? I, don't know. I, I guess the only other thing I would add in there that, that we're doing um, that's not related to the growing is we also have a program that our sustainability team came up with, uh, Way to Go, and it's a, it's a carpooling. And we have like 105 people, and it's alternative ways to work. You log it if you carpool, if you ride your bike. Oh, and nice. we have, um, what is the staff? We had like... 16,000 alternative commuter miles that people have done other things, either through carpooling nice. or. So those are the things too that, yeah. that you just kind of build into your culture and, the little and do that we're that proud of. Yeah. yeah, over time. Oh, and one thing I do have to ask. Yes. Because I love this question. Um, we ask everybody. Okay. What are your, for the industry as a whole, and you can, it can be about anything. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be about sustainability operations or, or the like. Uh, what is your one-year, five-year, and ten-year prediction for the cannabis industry? Mm. One year. In the next year, I think in Colorado specifically, I think we will continue to evolve the rules to make mm -hmm. it easier. I'll say easier to do business, but, yeah. you know, to, to get the rules in place that are doing what they want to do. Um, and call it, you know, for native roots specifically, hopefully we will have grown mm -hmm. our retail locations. I mean, in, in the short run, we want to continue to get uh, locations. Five years? I don't, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it'll be federally legal in five okay. years. But maybe. I, I, there's a whole <laughs> lot of things. I would say one year would be awesome if we could get banking. Oh. On a federal level, there's a safe, mm -hmm. bank, safe banking act out there that... If we could just get that through, it would be a, just a game changer for yeah. all folks in cannabis that would allow us to do business like our, like our normal business, you know, yeah. and have banks and not have banks be afraid they're going to get in trouble for, for doing that. So, and I think that's possible within the next year. I think we're cool. starting to make inroads on that. So mm -hmm. that would be my, my hope in there. Um, it would be nice. I, I, more states will be, will. Mm -hmm. come on board and i think that will will help yeah i would say federally legal maybe we're looking 
I would say more than 10 years, but yeah. I have no crystal ball. I'm with you on yeah. five years. I think I just would. am manifesting five years or less. <laughs> we'll keep doing that yeah. because, because that would be, that would be really mm-hmm. great. But I guess in five years, most states I would think would have, rec- you know, yeah, recreational. Something. That they would be on the, well, it's like the somebody, medical. Yeah. Somebody in South by Southwest said it perfectly last year. Um, and I believe it was the CEO of Canopy, Canopy Growth in Canada. Who I can't Patrick? remember. Patrick? No. Oh. No, no. Can't, not can't Boulder. Be growth, not yeah. can't be um, But he said something along the lines like, yeah, if you're in a state in the South that has high unemployment and you have a large workforce of people that can't adapt to the gig economy and you're seeing a bunch of other states with tax revenue go through the roof for a agriculture product, I'm going to guess at some point you're going to connect the dots. Yeah. Or you'd think. Because it is money-driven at that point. It's not even, like, voter-based driven. It is. And do you want jobs? Cool. Pass this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully. That's and income from taxes and, yep. <clears throat> and and all of those things. So, a little like. And I think from cultivation, I think we'll start to see more greenhouse growing. Yeah. That'd be nice. Maybe outdoor, mm-hmm. you know. I like outdoor Outdoor, which best. is... You like outdoor it's best? It's just poetic. Well, yeah, it just seems like the way nature intended, yeah. and I always, you know, going back to that feels the best to me. That's a little hippie Emily coming out, but yeah. Yeah, we I got to go to an outdoor grow this summer. We went to check out, and it is, it's, I think it's the way of the future. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're using the land and a lot less resource than what it takes to, to do it inside. So I'm sure that will pick up as well. Well, we'll manifest that as well. Anyway. Thank you so Thank much. You. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, nice meeting you, yeah, nice meeting you so too. Podcast. Again, we can't thank Beth enough for taking the time to sit down with us. Great information. Always interesting to hear from top-level executives in the cannabis industry, or any industry really, to get a better idea of what's going on from the top down. So thank you to you, Beth. We appreciate you. Well, it's interesting to get the inside look into actually how much water and electricity are used in the growing process. It's it's kind of intense. It's got it's got its impact and there's only so much you can do about it. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of the industry turning more towards greenhouse and outdoor grows. Mm-hmm. And that goes back again. Shout out to Farmer Jeff um, and Astor Farms, who both talked yeah. about it. You know, there's some some certain elements of growing in actual earth and outside uh, that can improve the quality of cannabis. So. I hope she's right. Sounds like they're going to make a push for that. So industry prediction right there. I like yeah. it. But again, regulation. So yep. like, you can't grow outside in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there's no space anyways, really. But mm. um, but yeah, so the regulations are tough. And it, as we said in the beginning, it comes back to, I mean, it's everybody's responsibility. But as consumers, we need to speak out as much as possible, even if it's just telling your bud tender, asking your bud tender, what's the most sustainable packaging or mm-hmm. what's the most sustainable grow here? Like, who actually cares? Which <clears throat> weed should I buy that matters? You know, and yep. even if they don't know the answer, all of a sudden they know that the question's being asked. Yeah. And, and so, they will ask. Exactly. And, and we talked about this with the THC arms war, how people are asking for 
easier to use products or sessionable quote unquote products. Um, the industry saw that made the change. So if you know, bud tenders are going back to their owners saying people don't give a damn about indica and sativa. That's not the question they're asking. They're asking what's sustainably grown. How is it done in a way that makes me feel good as a conscious consumer? That message will bark its way up the chain and, and the change will be made. So it's cool to see that that actually worked. It worked. Hey, people, we did it. Give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. I mean, I would be curious to hear and maybe we should put out a little survey, but like yeah. I personally would pay a little bit more if I knew that it was sustainable. Absolutely. And I, I just wonder if most people feel that way, if enough people care. Would you pay more? And if so, would how much? Would you pay $1 to $5, 5 to $10? Um, yeah, I can't imagine paying more than that. <laughs> yeah. But it just depends on how much you're buying and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's a premium product, but there's a point. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll put that survey out. But yeah, very cool. Um topics that we we were able to touch on it i like the um the discussion about lighting and electrical usage um how they're moving we're, we're in colorado we have 300 sundays a year so they have you know some pretty big solar initiatives things like that so just kind of interesting again to hear how operations are going you know um i hope it does go more to greenhouses and outdoor grows i think that there's some elements there yeah. time will tell we'll just have to see what happens Let's make the industry a more sustainable place. Thank you so much to Beth and for Native Roots for letting us come check out their office and hang out for a minute, learn all of this. And thank you to all of you, as always, for listening. Find us by Googling the Mary Jane Experience and then follow all of our social media pages because we would really appreciate it. Yep. And we do have to thank the people that submitted questions. We did actually use some of those questions in that interview as you heard there. So thank you to those people. Um, Keep them coming. We'll keep asking every single human being we can all the questions you want to have answered. That's why we're here at the Mary Jane Experience. We fucking love you. Love you guys. (laughs) And also, I hope everybody is doing well right now with these difficult times um, that we're experiencing with the coronavirus. If you need anything at all, let us know. Good night, potheads.